0: If you have ever watched a parent chasing a toddler, you know what it looks like when authority has broken down. You lo- you know what it looks like when someone has utterly lost control. Now, take that same scenario and... And it doesn't matter if you're talking about, a I don't know, a, a dog pen full of puppies or you're talking about a house full of kittens or a yard full of toddlers at a birthday party. When authority breaks down, when, when leadership loses its ability to lead, disaster is coming. It may be a, a big disaster, it may be a small disaster, but what comes after the loss of authority is not a good thing. It, it's never a good thing. But that's what I want to talk about today: unleading leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Loren Norris with Leading Leaders podcast, and as a father of four and a grandfather of ten, uh, or at least ten who affectionately call me Poppy most of the time, uh, I've dealt with my fair share of rebellion, if you will all through the toddler ages and the middle school ages and the teenagers when I'm an absolute moron. They're teenagers, so I'm a moron. I guess that's how that works, right? You don't know anything, I hate you. Yeah, we, we get it. If you've been a leader for any period of time, you know that's not just a familial problem. That same evolution seems to take place in every military command, in every workplace, in every political society, in every culture. There's a cycle where people come in to this relationship of authority and initially say, okay, well, you're in charge, so I'm going to do what you say because I don't know any better or I don't really have a choice. And then at some point, there becomes this test of authority. That test of authority is always the question of, are you really in charge and can you prove it? Can you, can you make me comply? Can you make me do what you want me to do? And that test is always a question of will. It's all about will. Now, we see this even on a geopolitical stage. We see small nations who want to have nuclear weapons with a pronounced ill intent toward other people on the planet. Uh, countries that would say, if we get the nuclear bomb, that country is going away. We will blow them off the face of the earth. They will never exist. Again. And somewhere along the line, somebody's got to step up and go, Hang on, love your neighbor as you love yourself. A little golden rule action here would be applied. You know what? You stay in your borders, they'll stay in their borders, and we'll call this good. But you need to calm down a little bit. You need to slow your role on these nuclear weapons and your intent to wipe somebody else completely off the face of the earth. And yet, Whether you're talking about a geopolitical standpoint, or you're talking about toddlers fighting over a breadstick, it's the same human nature all the way across the scale. And the question for the leader is, have you built enough of a relationship that you have the influence significance in their life to modify behavior? Do they trust you enough that the good advice that you give them will squelch the problem? That the good advice that you give them to stay the course and not get out of control will be a good thing in their end uh, outcome? Do they also have just enough respect for you, some might call it fear, to say, if I do act in that way that I've been instructed not to advise, not to influence, not to... Will the consequences really come? See, the the truth about the test of leadership authority is always a question of, are you who you say you are? Do you really have the authority to do something in my life if I don't comply, obey, follow the instructions, play nicely, whatever it is? Uh, you know that the middle school teacher, well, the gym teacher usually has a wooden paddle. But The kindergarten teacher... They don't do that. No, they may have time out, or no snack for you, or no nap for you. You get to write while everybody else is napping, or whatever it is that says we're going to modify your behavior with unpleasant circumstances. Unfortunately, the bigger they get, as my wife discovered with our boys, our boys now are both over six foot, both close to 200 pounds. My wife still Five, six, and under 150 pounds and she's outweighed and outmatched by them physically. Well, that's been the case since they were in high school because they both played football and they got pretty big. Well, how then do you enforce authority when they're physically bigger than you? It's one thing, though, when they're in kindergarten. It's a different thing, maybe in middle school. But by the time they're in high school, how do you enforce authority? Well, the question really transfers into our culture and our society. In the last few weeks, we've had people say that the highest court in the land no longer has authority or legitimacy. Well, did they do something to lose their legitimacy? Yeah, they disagreed with the people for whom they make decisions. I'll let that settle in for a minute because I'd be willing to bet that you as a leader at some point have made a decision that did not sit well with the people that you lead. You've made some decision about overtime or working late or getting a project done on time or under a different budget or who gets a promotion and who doesn't, what products you're going to carry or what products you're not, what services you'll provide and what services you won't provide, what vendors you'll do business with and what places you'll open up. You've made those kinds of decisions, where we're going to go to war or not go to war. As political leaders, there are a whole lot of decisions that touch every facet of somebody's life. That a political leader from a city mayor, city council, school board to the governor, uh, they're responsible for. And they touch a lot of different lives. As a leader, you've probably made those unfavorable decisions, the ones that other people didn't like. And when you did, somebody questioned you. Well, who says you have the right to make that decision when it impacts me? You decide to authorize overtime, but I'm the one that has to work late. You decide to take on this new project for the quote-unquote benefit of the company, but I have to do all the work while you sit in your cushy little office and you do nothing. See, this, this rebellion against authority, this pushback against authority, it has happened in every fragment of society and culture from the dawn of humanity because it is human nature to question authority. The challenge isn't just will we question authority because we will we always will we will always ask why did you make that decision and is it the best decision and if i'd made the decision i would have made it differently why didn't you make the same decision i all those questions are going to be asked and every leader at some point in time has been on one or the other side of that question i don't want to submit to the authority that's been given i don't want to follow the decision i I don't like a 50 mile an hour speed limit. I think it should be 95. Ever got a speeding ticket? That's rebellion against authority. Ever driven in the left lane when it says for passing only? Yep, rebellion against authority. See, this list just continues to grow when you think of all the things where authority has made a decision that you don't agree with, you don't want to comply with, you don't want to follow along with. But the real tough question that we all have to face is this. Does my disagreeing with authority diminish authority? See, the, the claim in this last week has been that because the decisions of the court were not the ones that I would have made, I'm just not going to listen to the court. I'm not going to do what they said. At the same time, on a different hand, we have a different branch of government that is using supposed authority to violate other authority, so our Constitution as an example in the Fourth Amendment gives us protection against illegal search and seizure, the right to the protection of our papers and our things. Our papers being all of the documents that would have anything to do with our lives. If we owned property or we had a relationship or we negotiated business and there was a paper trail. If there was a paper trail and we maybe kept that in a safe at our house. It used to be under the British government, the British common law, they could say, yeah, we want to look through your stuff and see if we can find a reason to be mad at you. I mean, you're not really being rebellious. You're not really rebelling against authority at this moment that we know of. But we think if we dig deep enough, we can find a crime you've committed. And so, you know, step back, let us dig, we'll find a crime. If we dig deep enough, you'll be guilty of something. See, that's an an exercise of authority that could also be called an abuse of power. And simultaneously, we have certain elements in our current political system that say, we don't like what the Supreme Court decided. We're not going to follow those instructions. We're not going to abide by those rules. We also have people who are abusing authority and saying, I, give me that, sm- that cell phone. I, I know it's a smartphone. I know it tracks every piece of data that you have. You probably have ordered your lunch on there. You probably have transacted business on there. You probably sent money to your kids through Venmo or Cash App or something. You probably had a communication with a client via text message or email that you thought was secure, but just hand over the phone and let me see, can I find a crime in there? See, that's, a, that's an abuse of power, but it's still an exercise of authority. And I think, again, if you've been in leadership for any period of time, you've been on one side or the other of that. You've probably been the person who said, I don't really like your decision. I don't want to go along with that. Or you've been the person who said, you know what, I don't care if you like this decision or not. You're going to have to go along with it. And somewhere there is a balance of authority. Somewhere there is a respect for authority that says, I may not agree with you, and so I will work to change your opinion. Or I may not agree with you, therefore I will work to replace you with someone that I agree with more often. But I'm not going to break the system in order to get my way. There's a process for that. There's a right way of doing it. If you don't like the way the guy that owns the company runs the company, start your own company. If you don't like the way that they treat the people... Well, there's recourse for that. There's a way to talk to them or to human resources or to the unions or uh, to a competitor and say, hey, I don't like the way Joe Bob treats people over there. I think I'll come work for you. See, there's always a recourse in that. But anarchy is very seldom the right thing. Anarchy is 25 toddlers who refuse to listen to any instructions and just become mayhem in an environment or 25 kittens or puppies or... Teenagers who have no respect for authority, so they won't listen to the cops, they won't listen to their teachers, they won't listen to their parents. They only listen to their friends who whip them into a frenzy to behave in a way that is unseemly to begin with. If you're a leader, you've probably been on one side of that or the other. At some point, you put your foot down as a parent and went, hold up. There are going to be some major consequences if you don't follow the rules that I've given. The first one might be you find yourself homeless. Uh, you might find some kind of corporal punishment on the back side of that. Give me the phone. I'm going to turn it off. I don't care what the data is in it, but I'm going to turn it off. If I'm paying for it and you're abusing it, I'm turning it off. See, at some time, we've all had to put our foot down and say, I don't want to lead like a tyrant. I don't want to be a tyrant. I want to be a leader of influence in your life. I want to be able to give you ideas and suggestions and point you in the right direction and see you make good choices. But sometimes that... Iron fist of authority has to come into play. Not an abuse of power, not tyranny, but authority. And on the other side, we've probably all been in that place where we're like, no, that's a bad idea, and I don't care whose idea it was. I don't care how far up the chain that decision comes from. That decision is a bad idea, and it's going to lead to bad things, and I don't want to have any part in it. And so we leave the company, or we refuse to act in accordance with that policy, and doing so is a mild form of anarchy. Every leader has been on one side of that or the other. Some have been on both sides. They've both rebelled against authority and they've had to be kind of an iron fisted authoritarian. Wherever you are in your leadership today, I want to challenge you to find the place where so you can strike that balance. I want to challenge you to be that leader of influence who makes good, solid decisions that genuinely care about the people that you lead and influence at every level. Right? If you've got to be the one who becomes the go-between between two small nations who are ready to blow each other off the face of the earth and cause all of their people to be no longer in existence, if that's your role, then do it wholeheartedly, not tyrannically, not with an authoritative fist, but make your position clear. If there are consequences for behaving that way, make those consequences clear. Hopefully, the consequences are logical enough that people would go, okay, I don't want any part of that. You're right, I'll change my behavior. I'll change my thought process on this. Maybe you can create enough of a conversation that two parties would come together and go, okay, we'll at least find some common ground because we don't want to face the consequences of not finding common ground. I remember when my boys used to get into a tussle at middle school, high school. Again, sizable boys at that point. They can break furniture. They can hurt each other. They can tear some stuff up. But they knew if dad had to get involved, it was going to get really ugly really fast. And the consequences may go way beyond the physical moment. And they would be really ugly. And generally, that correction sounded like, gentlemen, I just need to remind you that i'm here and my authority has not diminished i need you to know that if you continue with this behavior there's going to be a correction and you're not going to like the correction that's what we mean by authority that balance that says enough is enough stop where you're at not the tyrannical overreach not the pounding on people and abusing authority Not the wild, out-of-control rebellion against authority, but a balance. A balance that has everybody's best interest in heart. That's what a good leader has. That's what I'm challenging you to today. I'm Jay Loren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, or Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.